this week on Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, Marcus and I preview Full Gear, including the intense confrontation between Eddie Kingston and who was friend of the show with CM Punk. Plus, we talk the AEW Eliminator Tournament and all the WWE releases and where they could land in AEW, or should they? All that and more this week on Two Two Who. Oh, it's Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. What's up, everybody? As you can see, it's just me, Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com, without my degenerate brother, Marcus, because we are having some audio issues. And I am actually switching this to here, because we're going to try to get Marcus on here, but he's we're having audio issues. Hopefully you can hear me okay. Um, if you join the chat, uh, try, let me know how the feedback sounds, because Marcus said I was having weird feedback on here. So I don't know if it's a StreamYard issue, how we're streaming it tonight, or what exactly is going on. So um, if I sound okay, let me know. Marcus is going to try to join in in a couple seconds, in a minute. He's going to restart his computer and see what happens. Otherwise, I might fly solo tonight. Nesha, do I sound okay, too? Thanks for joining, by the way. Do I sound okay, like clear and everything like that, or does it sound scratchy? Marcus said I had some weird feedback. What's up, Steven? Okay, no issues on that end. Hopefully, Marcus, uh, I told him to restart his computer. He's going to try joining in. We had him here for a second, but just no audio was going on. So hopefully, we can get him back. Okay, cool. So I'm sounding all right. Well, thanks for joining me. As you can see, we are live, and live stuff, crazy stuff happens when we're live. And uh, dang it, I'm hoping Marcus will be able to join us. I have a new frame I want to show everybody <laughs> that I worked on, and Marcus is fucking it up, okay? I'm blaming him. But we had quite the week, I mean, in AEW, did we not? With Rampage, holy smokes. Um, I want to wait for Marcus till we kick that off. But, um, I, oh, I'm hiding my head. Hold on a sec. Let me back up a little bit here. Um, oh, Marcus is back. Let's see if this works. This is going to be the tell-all if he joins us. If he joins us or not. Marcus. Hello. No, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Say wave hi to people because they might not <laughs> say hello. <laughs> oh no. So I don't know what the heck's going on here. Marcus's mic says it's working on this end. Um Marcus, try talking again. I don't know. Try hello, hello. Hello, anyone? I don't know what's going on. Uh you're this is you this is a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> I think. Um, it was it was fine I don't know in what's my going meeting. on Marcus we can't hear you. It's like you're Stallone in Copland where he's deaf with the shotgun. He's like I can't hear you, Ray. That's you right now. <laughs> Nesha, hears me? I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. I Nesha, lips. Nesha, do you hear me? <laughs> oh, no, they hear you. Oh, the the okay. Well, I can't. Why can't I hear you? Hold on, Marcus. Okay. 
if you can hear him, Marcus, keep talking, and I will grab some headphones, and maybe that'll help. One second. Okay. So I'll tell you, Dominic, he's gonna have like a fucked up a fucked up computer or something. This is a, a flea market computer he's got over there at his apartment. Uh hey everybody. Uh good to good to chat with you again, I guess. I don't know. I, I assume that everybody can hear me. Yes, Nesha can, Steven can. All right, cool. Works for me. Um big week, big week on dynamite. Uh I'll tell you what, this might have been the best episode of Rampage I have ever seen. And I'm not just talking about from a wrestling standpoint, which, by the way, the wrestling was good. But I think that uh, what really put it over the top was the CM Punk and uh, Eddie Kingston promo, which was unbelievable. Just incredible, incredible quality. Um, yeah, uh, CM Punk kind of took things to the next level. Um, you know, they had, had... Yeah, Dominic, can Hold you hear on. me? I got it. Wow, you want to hear the stupidest thing I've ever done? Oh, no. What'd you do? I had the sound off this entire fucking time. You are a fucking idiot. <laughs> Just a classless buffoon. Hey, whoa! <laughs> All yeah. right, we're in it, Dominic. In I was just, baby. I was just, I'm leading off with, with the hits here, pal. Are you um, start saying? Hold on. CM, 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 CM Punk. Ooh, CM Punk yes. and uh, and especially Eddie Kingston in that promo. Mm-hmm. Holy oh smokes! Gosh. Hard hard now do CM Punk in a promo, but Eddie Kingston, uh, you got to tip the cap there. You dog. think he outdid? So I thought it was a pretty like. I mean, I wasn't weighing who did better. I was more just taking it all in, baby. That's what I was doing. No, no, I I weigh who I like more in every setting. Uh, no, no, really. Uh, they, they were both great, but Eddie Kingston was just like. He was he was on fire, man. Um, yeah, and uh, it gets you excited for the match. I don't know. I kind of want to. I know he's not going to, but I kind of want Eddie Kingston to go over. You know what? Would that be a bad thing if Eddie won't beat him? I think, uh, it I think it's too soon. Guess, too soon. I guess, yeah, I guess it would. Now that I think about it. That but being said, like, you know they probably shouldn't have put those two together um at this stage I, I i think that eddie kingston should have been the first one to unseat cm junk well maybe you're right to that moment man i can't believe i fucking muted myself as well. i can i can honestly believe that you did that <laughs> <laughs> yes i can too but uh i i think this is an appropriate time to do it uh because I don't think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week it was that I think they can, uh, we're going to see them be friends ultimately. I th- like Eddie Kingston. I mean, if you heard that during the promo, there people were chanting Eddie's name during, during that segment, you know? So, I mean, I don't think Eddie's going to be a heel. Like he might play the heel role against punk at full gear, but like, ultimately this will be like a friendship that gets formed and almost like uh, what we were getting with the mocks and Eddie. You know, where it's, um, you know, he's like how Eddie's our friend. Like he'll be CM Punk's friend. Hey, I'm with, I'm with Stephen King. Why not extend the feud? Stephen uh, King? Uh, I'm sorry, Stephen Chambers for crying out loud. Uh, Are Eddie you the Kingston, master or Stephen Chambers? Eddie Kingston, Stephen Chambers. I'm all fucked. It, you know, <laughs> could always be worse, Dominic. I could have had my, my sound muted. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, in any case. In any case, um, yeah, I, you know me. I'm all about, hey, let's have an extended feud. Let's have an eight-month program. You know, like uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett was recently talking about uh, – I was I just, like, saw a clip of him where he was talking about Scott Hall. He was like, I've probably wrestled Scott Hall a thousand times. 
Um, and it just like it, it's because like they were locked in a feud from like '94 to '95 there, you know, for working house shows, probably working fucking five times a week. It's like you really get to know somebody. And by the way, that's how you develop some serious chemistry with somebody in the ring. So like I love the idea of them constantly working working together. Nesh is calling it Eddie, friend of the show. Uh, Kevin Davis, how you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, good day today. And yeah, we're still uh, remaining safe, vaccinated. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Um, ah, Kevin, you flatter us. <laughs> thanks, man. Um, yeah, we. Uh, oh, I he's think- leaving. He's fucking out. All right, he's out of here. All he right. just comes in. There's a quick, in. quick run in from Kevin. Hope you guys are safe. Later on. It's good for but, you though, uh, Kevin. Yeah. I like it. Um, with Eddie and like, yeah, that is how you build stuff together. But I mean, like, just them cutting promos on one another, like two masters of the mic, man. And then like, there's chemistry already there. Like that match, I think that's the match I'm most excited for full year. How about you? Where where are you laying at? Well, I don't know, man. That's a little tough thing I think about. It, but I, it's, oh man, I'm I mean, excited. I am, I am now. <laughs> Yeah, I was like I, you know, uh, before I, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, cool, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, you know, it should have good chemistry. Punk's gonna go over, like you knew all that, but now it's like they've given us another layer here, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm more in it. You know, we got a little bit of like why is you know, it's not just all of a sudden Eddie Kingston hates CM Punk. Yeah, there's uh, a reason. Right now he's like he's given us a reason and a relatable reason. And all of a sudden, you you know, it's the whole like nobody here, nobody wants you here, nobody in the back wanted you in the first place, like stuff like that. I was like, man, that's good stuff. And you know what? Like you can sympathize with Eddie or empathize with him because you think about you put yourself in that position where like, okay, like this guy became such a big star, this, this CM Punk. And here we are, I was trying to look up to him and maybe prove myself and they just wouldn't let me in their inner circle or their group or like they, I was being judged and stuff like that. And maybe they had like, but it's all from your perception of how you're, you're viewing the whole situation. So like, then you look about it and you're in this, you have your shot. This is your big shot at getting the title, like being in this tournament, everything like that. You're going up against a stiff competitor like Brian Danielson, who you, who was part of that circle too. And boom, you lose, you pass out and you lose. And you're just irate after the match. And who do you see? Who's one of the first people you see cutting a promo backstage? Like Grinham is CM Punk, some guy that was judging you earlier. Like and like way back when you were trying to prove yourself and you're just you already have a temper. So you're just fucking pissed and you just go and lay into them. So it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense from a story standpoint. And like it adds to the stakes and adds to like what we're going to be excited about when full gear starts kicking off. So. Uh, Steven Chambers making some good points here. Um, Dominic, not to uh, detract from that conversation, but well, uh, what we'll are you saying here makes Mary sense. Danielson, though. Or is that what you're going to talk about? Yep. Okay, let's talk about that in a second. Um, d- d- any more points, though, on Punk and... Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, in a nutshell, what you're saying is right. Like they they give the backstory, and it makes sense. It's a it, it's a you know, there's there's logic, and then there's wrestling logic. Well, this one is both. Uh, so it, the fact that uh, that they do have a history together, that CM Punk got to go out, and you know, he's getting all the T-shirts and action figures, and John Mo- or, or rather uh, Eddie Kingston's still just doing. He's like keeping it real on the indie scene, and like you know, probably making shit money sometimes, and no action figures. You know, probably sitting at his own merch table, that sort of deal, while CM Punk is out like living the high life. It's like, yeah, you, it would build animosity. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that that makes sense, but it also makes sense from like the aspect of like, all right, the new cool kid shows up at school, you know, and um, now you get an opportunity to interact with them. Uh, maybe you're not getting the amount of attention that you want or feel that you deserve. And you're like, ah, nobody likes this guy just because you don't like him. Yeah, yeah, it's all that impression because you can see everybody likes punk, like right. right. So it's just like that's your that's your own distorted impression, like oh man, fuck this guy, and everybody else feels that way too. Yeah, nobody wants him here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, that should dig in the background logo. That's cool. It does. It is. It is nice, Dom. Did a nice job there. I like. I changed the color scheme up a little bit. You know, you're like you're like the yin and yang for yourself. You know, you do something cool like that, then you fucking leave your computer muted. Myself in the foot. Yeah, (laughs) like like Plexico Burst. I go to fucking nightclub in New York City and with a gun in my my pocket. Boom. And you're in your sweatpants. In my sweatpants. (laughs) Um. All right, let's hammer on, Dom. You're the host. Uh. By the way, by the way, we got it. We got to keep this one brief, motherfucker. I'm talking like 9:30. I need a hard stop. Damn, you need a hard stop at 9:30. I got some damn work to do. All right. Well, I mean, wrestling's on, so we're uh we're cutting into nesh's raw time bro. oh geez oh gee dominic wait, you know we never don't do the show when there's like some event going on like right? it's always some ob- like there's something else pretty right. decent big going it could be it could be three in the morning on a thursday and we're like interrupting something <laughs> we're re- interrupting like wrestle kingdom like 14 or, 15 right. or whatever right right. 17 i think they're at um okay let's talk about what stephen chambers said here marcus read this Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, he's saying Miro versus Danielson. I believe if Miro wins, Hangman wins. If Danielson wins, Omega retains. Leaning toward Miro, Danielson can take a loss. Uh, So his logic there, and it's the same logic that I apply all the time in wrestling. And honestly, the logic that should be applied in all wrestling used to be constantly applied in wrestling and is not so so much anymore is uh, you need baby faces and heels constantly working toward one another. And so the point that he's trying to make here is that if uh, Miro wins, then Hangman's going to win, so that Hangman then has a feud with Miro, right? If Danielson wins, then Omega is going to retain, so that a baby-faced Danielson then has a feud with Omega, which also makes sense. Either scenario is a good scenario to me. Now, the scenario that I don't want is Danielson wins and Hangman wins because it's like okay that's a cool match you've got Danielson and Hangman oh that's neat like yeah that's fun but you got two baby faces now you're making the audience choose you want strong opinions from your audience in my the way I see it you want strong opinions one way or the other like I want I want Hangman Page to beat the shit out of Miro or like I want Danielson to finally unseat Kenny Omega not like oh man Hangman just got this but I love Brian Brian Danielson I don't I don't want to see that you know, well, um, I kind of disagree with you on that because uh, I would not. I don't think there should be any situation in which Hangman loses this match at, against Kenny Omega. It shouldn't, because could you imagine the momentum that gets lost? It like, wouldn't be good. It's it not good, be good for Hangman to lose. He's not going Hangman. to lose. He's not Hangman's going to win, and I think that Miro's uh, that should needs- win. Now, how would you book that though, Miro versus Danielson, like? What do you do? Something well, Miro, Miro has to cheat, think, of course. Yeah, I would think he has yeah. to do something underhanded. Has to cheat. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it might even be like, I don't know what the rules are. Um, I'm not crazy about DQs, but I mean, it, you can kind of keep uh, Danielson his, his shirt clean in that way. But now, is would it necessarily be a bad thing, though, if Danielson beats Miro and then he faces, he does face Hangman, but then Hangman gets a win off of Danielson to further establish him as a as a real real top guy is that a bad thing 
I mean, I, I like, I guess it's fine. I don't know. I'm uh, to me, I, I guess I'm just like a very old school dude. Um, yeah, and holy shit, Steven Chambers on fire, Dominic Lana, Lana, there you Lana go. debuts, helps uh, Miro get the big dub. He's talking to like all the references to his wife and everything like that. And that's an uh, old school wrestling thing too, by the way. So like, that's, that's why that scratches the itch for me is like, yeah, it's, you know, Miro can win and it's because like his, his uh, wife shows up and, and creates a distraction. I'm good with that. You know? So I don't know. I see your point because maybe it's not a bad thing to make the audience choose, right? Like, Oh man, it's going to be Danielson versus uh hangman. You know, I, I love both these guys. I got to see this match. I wonder who's going to win. Uh, you know, it could sell pay-per-view. Uh, so I see that point, but just, it's just the old school wrestling fan of me where I'm just like, no dude, I want a, a strong heel against a strong baby face in the main event. And like, you know, the heel is, is, uh, getting the upper hand through devious means. I don't know. I'm just, I'm a simple man to please when it comes to, to wrestling storylines. Well, you are a simple man. I'm more, I would say simple pun. So I think that's pretty good. Dominic, do we, ha- do I have to bring up the mute thing again? Do I have to? <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, um, with, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out at full gear. Like, I really do think Hangman's going to win. It's I an mean, exciting event, isn't it? It is an exciting I mean, there's some really good matches. There's a lot. And, like, I think we'll probably get to a preview episode. I'm sure we can probably do something on Saturday beforehand so we can do a preview show. So we won't go into full, full, full gear. Dom ne- Nesha gets it right now. Yeah, what? dumbass. That's the, that, that's why she wound up in Facebook jail. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, uh, it's like Red Foreman's telling me I'm a dumbass. And <laughs> you need um, to hear it. So I'm curious, what I would you think that that's what the route they're going to take with Mox too? Is he might have he would have underhandedly beat Danielson, and then he probably it would have been. Hangman, it, uh, not, he would have won the tournament. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, let's talk uh, about let's talk about Mox here and what happened. Um, really cool, like of him to do, and uh, really brave. And like Marcus, you're a new father. Like uh, he just had a baby with Renee. Um, I don't know if I was talking to you about this, but like him being able to have the sense to know that he's going through a struggle that's really bad or that could be a mounting problem into the future. Like and him having the, the wherewithal to be like, I have to stop right now because I love what I'm going to get into his family. I'm going to be moving. And especially too, at the height of like a big thing where in wrestling people expect, have these expectations of you to, to fulfill these duties and your bookings and your events and, and finish the storylines and tie them all together and everything like that. Um, it's, it was very brave of him to do and really cool to see. And he's like, I'm hoping that this sets a precedent too, for a lot of things. When situations like that come up with, if somebody's going through a hard time like that and they, they need to shake themselves and be like, I have to take myself out of this equation to make myself better. And something that goes on with, uh, personally in my life, that's going to become an issue or that already is an issue. And so. And yeah, I, you know, especially in wrestling where, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, 
I don't know that it's really the case anymore, but I know that for many, many years, the the mentality, and I'm sure this is rubbed off on a lot of modern day guys, but the mentality is don't take yourself out of the game. If you're injured, fight through it because somebody's going to take your spot. You know, that, that was always kind of like the, the thing. And so for, for Moxley, not only to, to make the, the leap and publicly say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm struggling and I'm going to take care of this. Not only is that brave, but it's also brave of him to say like, Hey, whatever, like the wrestling business is not as important as a my health, but, but actually it's more like b my health and a my child. You know, number one is my my child and making sure that I put them in the best possible position to succeed. So, yeah, uh, Stephen is saying it, Nesh is saying it. He's brave and kudos to him because uh, yeah. it was brave. It took a lot of bravery to do that. It does. It takes it takes so much, to especially because he's his mentality and his character is like this infallible tough guy. Right. And so he he just let everybody see some vulnerability and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, actually, actually, it's, it makes him look more like a tough guy where it's a, a you know, strong man because he can say like, hey, look, I'm, I'm strong enough to admit that I'm having a problem and strong enough to seek help for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Marcus, uh, to get personal, it was like, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, me and you were in a summer play and I had some issues where I had to leave. I, we were both casting this play. Uh, do black patent leather shoes really flash up? Where is that the name of the show? Is that the name of the show? Were you, you in that show? I was casting in it, Marcus. I was ready to go. I was, I was, I went to the first few rehearsals, but then I reached a stuff with my OCD where I had to, I literally had to leave town. I had to leave town and I had to go. I wasn't in an inpatient program, but I was in an outpatient program. And, uh, I had, I lived with my grandparents for the summer and, uh, like really had to take myself out of something that I was excited for and like was really pumped to be a part of. And just, it's, it's tough. Like from a small aspect of that, I couldn't even imagine having a kid and, and prioritizing all that. And then going from that, but uh, from, so for Mox to experience that made me think about that, but also to what punk said too, with that promo before on dynamite was really, you can tell he was pulling from his own personal aspects of like not, allowing himself to take a break when he needed it for WWE and everything like that. And he, he was very like, you could tell he was very sentimental and heartfelt about that when it came to talking about Moxley and his situation too. So um, I just thought it was like uh, refreshing, brave, and um, very, uh, very profound for uh, wrestling to do where you look at the sides of WWE, like people can take breaks, but heck, it doesn't mean you're going to be sticking around. Like look at some of the releases that happened with like, I don't know if you know all the details about Nia Jax, but part of her thing was like, she was on a mental break and she was supposed to get back like November or something. And, uh, but you know, uh, push came to shove and she was released. So uh, it's like, that's the expectations that always came with wrestling, but to see it from this AEW perspective, for Mox to be so open about it, for Punk to embrace, you know, that situation and recall his own troubles with that. Uh, really admire, admirable and uh, very cool to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Adam, I wish we had the info here, but you know, if anybody's struggling with, with addiction or whatever, yes. you know, there's, there's help. So by all means, you know, seek it out and, um, and make the right choice, not just for yourself, but for the people in your life. Exactly. And like, that's what was cool about what Punk said too. He addressed the audience. And said that straight out to everybody. Like, I'm hoping that really helped people to be like, you know what? I am in a bad situation and I need to ask for help. Yep. Like, 
it was a really cool thing of him to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought we should address that. I do want to see a, read his book. I'm very fascinated to see what how he wrote it and how it all because i mean if you listen to mox and interviews man when he's talking to like Meltzer or anybody like that he's hilarious he's like just all over the place but he's forthright and honest and it's like so funny but it's so like he's such he's so good so i'm really intrigued to, to grab a copy of that book too yeah so, um, no I, I definitely want to read it too some of the excerpts seem really good and that's just saying that she deals with depression you have ocd i have i have ocd uh yeah. to a degree and uh yeah i mean like there's nothing wrong with with talking about it so all. by all means by all means everybody i think everybody should um you can always lean on people you can always yep. lean on people mm-hmm. exactly all right don what's up next okay so let's see here okay so pretty much uh i was it i went through the rundown well let's do this let's talk about those releases man uh i almost didn't put i almost forgot to put this on the card here for us but it's like the biggest news of the week and like marcus some very big names got released um over the course of this weekend, right? Uh, and in classic WWE fashion, they do it in the most shady fucking way possible, where they have their uh, quarterly conference call. They talk about all the profits they're making, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then, hey, hey, let's hang up. All right. Hey, let's make some cuts now. John, let nice get on the horn and start calling people. And, you know, lo and behold, we got, we got like 18, I think it was, 18 names that were cut. Um, starting off, uh, one of my favorites, uh, Carrying Cross uh, and Scarlet both released. Uh, Nia Jax, as I mentioned earlier, Keith uh, Lee. Keith Lee was released, which is crazy. Um, oh they they were making him sound like he was going to be like a Brock Lesnar esque figure. Well, like, and they bring him back as Bearcat and all that stuff, and then they use the excuse that oh, he had um, he had uh, attitude issues and stuff like that. Where it's just like ah, I don't think that's necessarily you know what the, the main reason was like, there, it's just like he had health problems too and everything. Okay. So here's the names, Marcus, Keith Lee, Frankie Monet, Taya Valkyrie, who's was such a notable figure in impact, Ember Moon, Karen Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, Graham Metalik, Nia Jax, Harry Smith, who we'll talk about here in a second, Mia Yim, Eva Marie, Hit Rose B-Fab, which is just jaw-dropping, Oni Lorcan, and Lindsay Dorado. And then there was a lot of other uh, like office people that were cut and, and let go um, that worked under Stephanie McMahon reportedly. And um, because they're doing like a big merge with Peacock kind of bullshit stuff. So it's like, you know, uh, dude, how can you work at that company like that and feel confident about your job situation? I'd be nervous. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing is like, you know, they overextended themselves as far as like the amount of talent that they had on their roster. Um, WWE did. And I'm talking about NXT, all of it, main roster. They've got a lot of people on that roster. Yeah. And I think that they overextended themselves and put themselves in a situation. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of cleaning house. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that it's, it's a good opportunity for these people. Um, you know, I'm sure that it does not feel like an opportunity, but I, I think it is one. Um, you know, the independent scene is really kind of starting to blow up. Matt Cardona has proven that. Um, so the, the indie scene is is absolutely blowing up. Um, AEW is obviously a thing. Um, Impact is still a thing. Um, but I, I, I think that you know you need to you need to view this as an opportunity. You do, and like. I, uh, Marcus, you work for Ad Free Shows. Eric Bischoff said that on 83 Weeks this week. Talking yeah. About, um, how, hey, 
take a few days to reassess, like just chill out, like let yourself cool down and, and, you know, regroup a little bit and then take a self inventory, positive and negatives about yourself and yep. like, just see what you can work on, what you can add that you're already good at and uh, what really needs to be improved about you. And like necessarily too, I, it's just like, you cannot look at it in a fashion. If you're a talent, you can't look at it in the fashion too, that you did anything wrong necessarily because this is like a machine where it's cooking under Vic Smith's man's uh, pedal pushing. It's not. It's know, like any other major company, man. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's just, there's going to be layoffs, you know, if they're not making the amount that they want to or expect to, there will be layoffs and it's kind of just how it happened. Um, yeah. It's uh, oh man. I never feel good about anybody losing their job. But, no. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, with, with Eva Marie, she was, uh, she went to do filming. Um, they had this, I just kind of like a refocus of everything. Um, and I just think she just wasn't part of the equation. What a weird, like they could have utilized her. They could have util- utilized all these talents, but they didn't. It's like, it's very unfortunate. Like that's the thing um, is, you know, not enough TV time for everybody. You know, Stephen Chambers is, is kind of reiterating a point that you and I tend to make a lot, which is, you know, it's the, what are they going to do if 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 AEW grabs more people? What are they? What are you even going to do with all the people? You can't yeah. you can't do anything, you know. So uh, they got to either create more programs, so like a Tuesday night program or whatever, or the uh, you know that's that's on television ideally. Uh, or don't sign all these people or make roster cuts and then sign people. But um, I don't know. It's uh, the other thing that Eric Bischoff said on the recent 83 weeks was, you know, it's, he doesn't know that there's anybody ready to step up, but you know, there's certainly the potential for another wrestling company and you could really fill that, that roster with incredible talent. Good. I mean, you look at the options too, like like, uh, MLW uh, who, always rotates talent in and out and has their mainstays, but there's like talent that, that come through and make an appearance and, and wrestle for a few stints. And then, then they go on their other way. And if it makes sense for them to stick around, they'll stick around. But it's, um, I know that that's the thing is like somebody like a Matt Cardona has really proven, Hey, you can make hay on the independent scene. You just have to be creative. You have to think outside of the box and what Cardona has done with like game changer wrestling, like and it's been incredible. It's been remarkable. And it just shows he's so smart to the business and idea and like the way he promotes himself. It's like, you know, um, through the figure concept and uh, not only that, but just like leaning into being in a sport a sports entertainer and stuff like that. One of one of the funniest things he did uh, was he tweeted out during his feud with Effie. He was like, hey, guys, I'm trying to find an Effie match, but I can't find it on the network. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just hitting the next level, man. That's um, so, oh, that's so good. Yep. So uh, Steven says, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'll click on that one next. Uh, Frankie Monet went on Twitter saying that her age is the reason why she's let go. She's 38. I had no idea she was 38. I thought she was like a little younger than me or like early thirties. Um, but yeah, that is a reason. And that has been a reason for NXT in a lot of ways, because they want nobody older than 26, which is such a dumb fucking rule. But, um, they want, you know, you look at AJ Styles, how old was he when he came into WWE? He was like 40, 40, maybe 39 doesn't make any sense no it makes zero sense and like you know you look at steve austin when he was 
in his prime, 36, you know, Batista, 39, 40, when he started catching weight, fire, you know, um, you can, I mean, look at like, you know, I mean, this is probably not a fair comp, but like Hulk Hogan was like, hey, how old was he when he was still at the top? When he was Hollywood Hogan, he was like 45. <laughs> right. He was, a, he's our dad's age. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, the, the age thing is, is silly. So uh, you know, it, it applies in regular sports, but uh, but it, it doesn't apply in in other aspects of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, or, or rather in pro wrestling. It doesn't DDP apply. He didn't start till he was 35. Which is wild. Which is that, wild. I'm, I'm 35. I can't imagine just saying like, you know what? I'm going to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. Um, so from that age standpoint, though, and like if you've seen Ty Valkyrie's work outside of WWE, <laughs> she's awesome. Like she's such a good worker. Um, she's made a lot of like her name in uh, AAA as well. So, um, I mean, I could see her going back to Impact. I could, I would, wouldn't mind seeing her in AEW. But it always goes to the point: how are you gonna fit all these people? And it's a tough thing to do. Like, uh, again, it doesn't necessarily need, mean you have to necessarily really cut people in AEW, but like, again, like treat it like a volleyball game, a real big volleyball game where you rotate people in and out and like, be like, Hey, we'll bring you back soon. You know, just stay on pass, keep working at it. We'll bring you back, you know? Yep. And you know, it's just like, but we just don't have TV time at the moment, you know? And we got to, fit these things in and fit these stories in because Marcus, I mean, you know me, I would love to see Karrion slash killer cross in AEW. like hundred percent. I would love to see him. I think he hit like to see what his entrance was in NXT, the presentation of him and Scarlet together. And then the amount of work and extra stuff he does, the vignettes and everything like that, that he puts into himself, you can see him being like a viable star. And I know like a uh, part of the thing has been like, Hey, who's going to be the leader of the dark order? Uh, like it's a, like, that's the ongoing joke. Somebody gets cut. Hey, they're the leader of the dark order. He'd be a real good leader of the dark order. <laughs> he would, or, you know, I, I think I prefer to see him as a standalone entity. Yeah. Um, just cause he's, I mean, he's fun and he's got it. He does. Uh, why WWE didn't see anything in him. He's got a great look, great mm-hmm. wrestler, great promo. It's no idea. Can't can't put the pieces together. Really can't. No. Uh he's just yeah, and like he has that. Um, like he leans into so much pop culture stuff too, whether it's horror or like, you know, dark action, like um, like I was saying to you, like he does he does the hitman, the video game vibe a lot of the times. He he pulls from outside aspects of wrestling, and that's what wrestling's about, is pulling from outside aspects. Like, look at Dusty Rhodes doing Muhammad Ali and all that kind of thing. And then Muhammad Ali pulling from wrestling. So it's people taken from one another. It's just... um, And Karrion Cross embraces that. And it'll be cool to see him right back in the thick of the action wherever he goes, because I... He's one of my favorite modern guys today. So. He's one of the guys that, you know, if, if I was Tony Khan, I would be looking at, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, that being said, uh, as as we discussed, I think that if you're going to do that, where every time a great talent is on the market, you want to you want to sign them, which is fine. You've got to make up for it somehow. So, like, I'm not saying do like mass roster cuts like like WWE does, but take a look at the roster and just be like, OK, like what? How can I shift these people? Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, how can I make the best use of what I have while also bringing in somebody new? Also bring in somebody new. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, it's just you have, what, three hours of main television. 
and you can you have your YouTube stuff, but it's like your main television product. You have to convey a story and make it make sense to just a viewer that's tuning in. So, um, and uh, Marcus, is there Keith Lee's another name? Obviously, mm-hmm. I would be really keeping a look on to and and wanting to factor into the product. Is there another name that stands out to you that was released that you would like to see in the mix there? Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to give any particular reason to that? Because, so, I mean, the the polarizing aspect to her is that she's not a good worker. Right. Um, she dangerous. She hurts people. Dangerous. But, like, name cache is there. It is there. It's it's the name and it's the possibility that she carries because of because of her look and her style. You know, imagine imagine her coming into feud with Jade Cargill. Imagine her coming into feud with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Um it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um Ember Moon, Nesha just mentioned she'd be a blast. Wouldn't she? She'd be really good. She'd Absolutely. Really good. Uh Dominic, let's talk Davy Boy Smith Jr. though. Yes. So he didn't even get a shot in his second run. That what the plan was for him, according to Meltzer, was they were going to use him in NXT UK, but obviously with the pandemic, can't really do that. Can't ship him over. But at the, why wouldn't you fucking use him on, on WWE television? He's certainly honed his skills since he was last in WWE. Not only from an in-ring perspective where he brought his horizons there, but from a mic perspective too. Seeing him in Major League Wrestling and cut promos and stuff like that, he delivered a very good babyface promo. So uh, very disappointing to see him. Uh, just not be utilized at all there. But I'm on cloud nine that for the opportunity that he can be, whether he returns back to Major League Wrestling or he goes to somewhere like AEW where his old partner, Lance Archer, is there, the Killer Elite Squad. You get that. You put package those two together. That's a viable, kick-ass, badass tag team that um, you can really cultivate uh, a cachet with the feud with your other top tag teams that you have there. Marcus, give me your thoughts on Davy Boy Smith and what, and what you'd like to see from him come forward. I have one more point to make about him. I love Davy Boy Smith uh, Jr. and I, I have always seen the potential in him. And the storyline that I've always been attracted to is the idea that, like, so Cody came in to AEW and he was like, okay, you know, I'm like, uh, there's more than one uh, family in wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like a big thing that he leaned on. And referring to, of course, the McMahons, uh, sure. and he's saying like, hey, the roads are also like a force in wrestling, you know. And he talks about his legacy. Talks about his father, his lineage a lot. It's a big part of who he is. The thing is, though, that like it, there's there's other wrestlers that probably feel the same way, and Davy Boy Smith could be one. You want to talk about a lineage? You know, he's he's part of the Hart family. He's part of of uh, you know, like you can lump him in with Davy Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid. You know, he's got there's so much history uh in his neck of the woods that i think it would be fun to have him come in you know and just be like hey look there is more than one royal family in wrestling and you're looking at the top one you know uh and i i always love the idea of like you know who else has that claim is uh joe hennig joe hennig can make that claim i i always love the idea of like a stable of second generation people coming in and and banding together against cody and the nightmare factory See, that'd be cool. You could call them legacy, right, Marcus? Uh, that was already a thing. I know. In WWE. Cool. Oh, so you're just giving me shit? I'm giving you shit. Uh, so I don't know about calling them legacy. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else we that somebody mentioned, but uh, was imagine him winning the Owen Hart Memorial Cup when that comes up. That would be incredible. Wouldn't that, that be would awesome? be? It would be like poetic justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I know. Well, okay. 
you have to pick, let's say, three stars for that were cut. Three stars that were cut. Who are you taking? Who are the three? Um, definitely Karrion Cross. Definitely Davey Boy Smith Jr. And I'm on the fence between Ember Moon and uh, Nia Jax, but I got to lean toward Nia Jax. Really? Yep. Okay. What about you? So Karrion Cross, obviously. I would package him with Scarlet if that's all right. That's... Mm. Mm. Is that questionable? No, that's fine. Okay. And then uh, Davey Boy Smith. Keith Lee. There you go. There it is. All right. All right. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Nesha, I'm with you too. I'd go, I, I'm Nia Jax. I wouldn't even really consider her, to be honest. I like I, I like her look. She's got a present. She's got name cachet. I would have went with Ember Moon too. Marcus is an idiot, so. Hey, that's not. Hey, that's not. That's unnecessary. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, all right, all right. Let's carry on. We got a few more things to cover, and you only have so much time. So, what's important here? What is important here? Uh, Marcus, let's talk about. Yes, I really like this segment. Dan Lambert. Can get some heat, brother. He can get some mad heat, and uh, I am intrigued by this uh, Minneapolis street fight that's incorporating Junior Dos Santos, uh, Andre Orvlowski, and even Paige Van Zant. Kind of just mixing it up in there was really, really good. I like this segment, Marcus, and I think it really leaned into what is great about Chris Jericho, and it was a nostalgia scratch of him, like in his two thousands you know, where he's ripping on Stephanie and stuff like that. Um, what do you, I know you weren't very much sold on it. Uh, the last time we talked, how about now? Has anything changed in your perspective now since uh, dynamite? Eric? Good promo. Uh, yeah, man, you're right. It, it was like a old school flavor of, of Jericho and like, yep, that's cool. It's awesome. I'm just not invested in the storyline. Okay. I, I and I don't know. It's uh, it's hard for me to put my finger on it because it's like it is a good promo. Dan Lambert is good at uh, at talking shit, you know. Uh, but and that, that crowd chant, shut the fuck up. That's like it was so loud. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I guess like I don't know. It, like the team, like Paige Van Zant got got some mic time and she came out of it looking great. I, I would say that her stock is way up following that. But it's like you know you've got this team behind him. Uh, Lambert and it's like okay I know I know some of these people I don't know most of them and it's it, it makes it hard harder for me to really care about it like so if if uh, I don't name one of the guys on American Top Team uh, Junior Dos Santos so Junior Dos Santos if you give him some vignettes or whatever mix those in to the program as well uh, introduce me to him a little bit then fine but it's like I don't know I've heard his name I know he's an MMA uh, it's all I got on him he doesn't talk much. It's a fair point because if you're not a wrestling fan, I mean, if you're not an MMA fan or a follower of it, uh, like I'm a fringe guy, so I knew of Andre Lasky, I knew of Paige Van Zant, I knew of Junior Dos Santos before, but like I don't know the other two to be the other two guys, and um, like it's a fair point. Like you need to if you're not if those fans aren't aware of it, you should kind of do something to make them aware who these guys are and what they're capable of and you know what they've done in the octagon before, um, you know because. Uh, you know, there's 
you can have legs there. And I think Junior Dos Santos is great in the ring. Like, I think he did a, did a very good job for his triple tag match. He loves being in there. And that's what you want to see from a guy that's coming out of there nowhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, introduce me to him a little bit. You know, I know he's got the name cachet, which is great. But, like, you know, if if you told me, like, hey, there's only so much room on this roster, would you rather have Junior Dos Santos or Karrion Cross? I don't think I'd let you finish the sentence. You know, it's it's carrying across like in the long. Yeah. the I mean, because like he's got long term capability. Is, I mean, both. And I'm and I'm familiar with like him from immediate. It's immediate with Killer Cross. He knows what he's doing. He's a presence. He's, you know, everything like that. So it's like you automatically. Yeah, obviously, like you got to pick one or the other. You're going Killer Cross. But it's like, um, yeah, it's like they should. It's a good point that you got to just introduce these people more so. And the. the if they're just fringe guys hanging out, you're just like, okay, who are these guys? What is exactly their deal? Like, you know, tell me more of what his back, what Andre Velosky's background is. Like, and and I think that's why I'm not really invested is mm-hmm. like, I, okay. Like they're MMA guys and they're, they're few Jericho. Good promo. It's all I got. It's all I got on it. Yep. You know, and they hate each other for what appears to be no reason. And I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not super into it. I'm not saying I hate it by any means, but like it's it's just like not crazy invested. All right, let's see how invested you are in the Cody Rhodes saga going up against Andrade, uh, Malachi Black getting in the mix, making a reference that of Julius Caesar and hey, like it he, he wasn't the only person to turn on Julius, and then sure enough, FTR gets in the mix. Uh, they've been paid off by. Uh, or MJF gets paid off by Andrade to use them for a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, just all that kind of development. How do you think the execution of all this been? And then ultimately it looking like, uh, it being Cody and Pac tagging up against Andrade and Malachi Black. Do you like it? How, what do you want to see happen with this? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the uh, moment between, uh, between Arn and Tully at the end was a lot of fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was super entertaining, but uh, no, I like it. You know, the idea of, you know, Cody is, you know, not, a, not a lot of people are big fans of Cody anymore, but I really like Cody still. And I still think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, but some of the other best wrestlers in the world are FTR. So the idea of getting him involved in a program there is like, hell yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing Cody and Dustin versus FTR which sounds like a really good time to me. Doesn't that, I'm surprised, like, you know what? That's a really good point. Like, I mean, to have them kind of mix it up with FTR would be a really fun program. Uh, that's, for me, that would be like, not only am I going to make sure I'm sitting down to watch this live, I might be recording it even though I'm watching it so I can watch it again later. Watch it again later. I know, yeah. right? Um, no, that's a good point. I did like, uh, I do, yeah, I'm with you though. I Like I, like I said too a couple weeks ago, I like Cody a lot. And, you know, um whatever whatever direction they go with i think it'll still work out like you think about cena being a baby face and like them not turning cena heel and stuff like that you know i'm thinking you know they can weather that storm of these boos and stuff like that and make it work where it's just like it's not contradictory to the product ultimately in the long grand scheme of things you know if they stay the course you know i think i think the whole thing is like cyclical i think that cody's gonna be just fine you know he got he got popped for doing the flip-flop fly yeah which was tremendous by the way Uh uh-huh right very good stuff okay let's move on uh we again we're gonna cover a lot of uh the full gear stuff for pre before the uh the show airs this week so we'll like this can obviously be a truncated episode or whatever how you say that okay real quick 
uh, super click concerto, Marcus, the whole Christian came back. Uh, they attacked, you know, the young bucks, they attacked Adam Cole, baby. And, um, how do you like that developing? Is there some intrigue for you there? Is it kind of just like, okay, it's just going to be part of the show and that's how it goes. And, you know, we'll, I want to see further things with Adam Cole and where things go. Where, where's your mindset on all this? Christian Cage's affiliation with Jurassic Express is kind of a head scratcher for me still. I know that they've established it now for a few weeks, but in the first place, I'm just like, why? Why? Like, how come though? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so to me, it's, it's just, it's, it speaks to the problem that AEW is experiencing with talent overage where they're like, okay, we've got these people and they're all great. We really want to feature them. So how do we feature all these people in one uh, time slot? You know, so they're like, oh, uh, put them together, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like fa- that's why there's so many factions in AEW, by the way. Um, so it's I don't like the fact that the, it was just I was enjoying Christian Cage as like this this solo entity just kind of working his way toward a title shot. Um, and so I, that it's a departure from that, which I'm not crazy about. And that being said, the idea of Christian Cage in the same ring as Adam Cole sounds like a really good time to me. Yeah. Um, so, so it's, you know, a little column, a a little column B. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was like, just you talking about it and like, say, like even mentioning how it's like, it doesn't, it's just kind of a weird alliance with Christian and Jurassic express. I mean, it makes sense from the aspect that like, you know, Christian kind of became a mentor to jungle boy, but I'm, I'm kind of with you where it's just like, okay, it makes sense. They they told us why they're together, but it just they just it doesn't feel like a fit, you know. And nope. I feel like this could be a very good opportunity to really give uh, this story even more legs. Say if the super click were the reason that Jurassic Express broke up, or they ended the alliance of Jurassic Express altogether, and you really put Jungle Boy into a, a more solo baby face situation where he's he's you're seeing his trajectory take more of a course of being a top guy and then um you can still have christian still in that mix but um i yeah i think this is a good opportunity to kind of give you a reason to break up jurassic express because honestly like it's i think it's a team that's kind of ran its course I don't, I don't see it happening just because of what I said. There's only so much, there's only so much time on the program. You know, if you turn Christian cage and jungle boy into singles wrestlers, all of a sudden it's like, okay, so something's got to get bumped. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It is true. Yeah. But I mean, Marcus, that goes to your point too, of like, Hey, you want to see a new direction for uh, Luchasaurus. Tagging, make a new faction with Abaddon, and you're that whole Motley crew of misfits that you were talking about. Where you get, I wouldn't hate yeah. it if it was Abaddon, Bray Wyatt, and a revamped creepy Luchasaurus. Wouldn't be bad, man. Wouldn't be bad. I, I wouldn't hate it. I think they could make make something happen with it, um, for sure. Um, yes. As yes, Dom, yes. I've, Dom, I've got three minutes. Three whole minutes. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to touch upon? That's uh. Anything with MJF? Well, did you see uh, him hate on his parents? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. Wild stuff. I. Uh, it's very. I can tell. I can tell from a perspective of seeing his mom talk and everything, why he is so good at what he does, and like why, you can tell that they're a very good family too. Like out of character, <laughs> you can tell. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that, a lot of support. A lot of support going on there. 
So that's cool to see. Um, yes, I'm a big fan of all that. And having his parents lean into all that stuff too is, is really refreshing. So, yeah, it's been fun, man. MJF is a blast to watch. He's a blast. Marcus, next week, uh, we'll let you go with this. Pac versus Dax, man. That's going to be a barn burner. And Dax has got to go over, but it's going to be quite a match. You know how I feel about both guys. They're both great. Both great. And Mark, is it, that's going to be, a, I think, a show you record to watch over again. Probably should. Probably, Probably should. should do it. All right. We'll get you out with this, Mark. Uh, you add free shows. What's going on over there, huh? Son of a bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dom JBL was just uh, on a live show over there for the uh, top guy members, which was uh, a absolute blast. You know, the, the guys, uh, you know, it's, I know he, he got a rep uh, among the smart fans online of being like a bully, but he's just he's such a smart guy. Um, and getting to getting to look at those videos and, and clip them and stuff has been a lot of fun for me just because it's like he's just, you know, great insight, great experience. A guy who's been, you know, in the scene since what like the main scene since probably 95 somewhere in there 96, um 97, yeah 90 is somewhere in there but uh so that was really cool um and there's it's it's a new special guest every month for the top guys dom where you know last month it was renee paquette we got uh jbl and every single month it's like somebody's doing some huge star is doing a run in uh to have exclusive conversations with these people so you know if you're not i'm not saying join the top tier level uh which is top guys i'm not saying you do that obviously if you can afford to you should because it's it's such a cool uh it's such a cool thing to be involved in but like you know you can also join it nine dollars a month that's 30 cents a day to get involved over at ad free shows and get all this exclusive early and ad free content. I'm telling you, man, it, it makes a big, big difference. There's so much there. You have a good time doing all this too. Dude, it's been a blast. Honestly, like it's, it's like a dream job. You know how I feel. I love pro wrestling. And now it's like my job is to go through pro wrestling information all day. And you're you know? like a history lesson, all the stuff you're going through. No doubt about it. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been awesome, and uh, strongly recommend it to everybody. Jump on over to adfreeshows.com and uh, and join in on the fun because there's a lot to be had over there. Uh, and with that, Dominic, I bid you adieu. Oh well, let me just close out then, real quick. No, oh, uh, I thought you were gonna stay on and plug more of your shit. Oh well, I'm gonna plug it real quick. You're just gonna. Right. No, no, here. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Uh, also, I have a new show going on uh, two weeks in on the MLW Fusion Fight Report. If you want to get acclimated and in tune with all things Major League Wrestling, uh, it drops every Thursday or Friday of the week. Uh, and I give you the right recap of what happened on Fusion and what's going on in Major League Wrestling. And there's a lot going on in Major League Wrestling. Just this past week, they had uh, the War Chamber event in Philadelphia. Usually I'm at those shows. I couldn't make it this time around. But... Um, I didn't even spoil it for myself, so I don't even know what to tell you about it. But um, a lot of cool stuff happening there. Um, as far as interviews go, uh, shoot, I wish I had a list off the top of my head. I know Bill recently interviewed Booker T. Uh, that could have been a, a while ago. But there's a lot of good stuff on WrestleZone.com that you should check out as well. Uh, we're talking about ROH. Colin Tessier just did a recap of the latest ROH television show. Uh, obviously, that's in its swan song with Final Battle coming up. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, ROH lands in the wrestling landscape moving forward after after that all ends up. Uh, Nesha, you can check out Major League Wrestling on YouTube. 
free. It's on free. Like you just go to your YouTube, type in Major League Wrestling, Major League Wrestling on YouTube. Don't type in MLW. You'll find it on YouTube. All that stuff's free. You just go and tune in. And then, um, yeah, just the podcast that my show is on YouTube too. And so is it on the, on the podcast feed. So check those out. Um, yeah. All the best to Dan Housen and Mance Warner who got injured at Halloween. Uh, if you can, they, uh, Dan Housen has a, uh, go fund me, go ahead. And Mance Warner has a t-shirt that you can purchase to help both those guys out. They I think, I think Dan Housen met and exceeded oh, his goal he? already. Yeah. I bet he, yeah, man, he's popular dude. And so good for him. Um, he would be very entertaining to have in uh, AEW, by the way. <laughs> he would be very entertaining. It's a creative genius. Yes, very creative. <laughs> I love how he calls Billy Gunn, uh, Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I heard that. <laughs> he calls them Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. <laughs> and he calls really Chris Jericho Chris Judas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real good stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Real good stuff. All right, guys. Yeah, Nesha, check out MLW. Let me know what you think about it. Because it's a hey, and look at the latest episode. You'll see somebody familiar in the background. Right. Yeah, well, you know, he's not in the first row, which was the impression that he gave me. <laughs> I didn't give you that. Did I give you that? That that was what I thought. You're like, oh man, I'm you know, you can really see me on there. So I'm like, all right, where the fuck is he? So uh, and then here you're no, it's like the worst wall of sighting. That's what it is. <laughs> and it's like your fucking shirt. I know it. I can't tell it's you. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, so right. good luck. Good luck trying to fucking find Dominic in there, Nesha. I'm there. I'm in Philadelphia at that point in time. You'll see me. Yep, that's it. All right, <laughs> All right guys. Hey, next time I will make sure to leave my computer volume on. How's that sound? Yeah. Oh, great idea, Dominic. A unique idea. Get ready for the full gear preview with full sound. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, we'll see you later this week. Okay. All right. Our see you guys. You who dynamite dudes on a rampage. Bye bye. Okay.